Hey everyone, welcome to the very first episode of Sports Card Madness. This podcast is going to focus on sports cards, collectibles, the hobby, and really everything else in between. I'm your host, Nick Andrews, also known as Boston Card Hunter on Instagram. And for this very first episode, I sat down with one of my closest friends and collectors, LZ, and we talked about our collections, the hobby at large, different trends. We even did a little segment we called Madness University where we covered a topic or two that might relate to beginner collectors and kind of help them get started. But there's plenty in here for veterans as well. I mean, we talked about kind of deep top di- topics like the industry and, and grading and uh, where we think things are headed with fanatics. So hopefully you guys enjoy. Um, I'm going to probably do a lot of conversational interviews like this, um, but also some formal ones, especially when I have different guests come on. But I thought it was great. You guys should love it. And uh, let's dive in. everyone this is nick aka boston card hunter on instagram and this is the very first podcast for sports card madness i'm super excited to have you all you all here i've got my closest friend and collector he's actually my brother-in-law lz and um we're excited we're gonna just talk about the hobby for uh for a while keep it casual lots of different trends and um just try to uh, just kick things around and have some fun. So welcome, Larry. Oh, Nick. Thanks so much. It is a very exciting day today. <laughs> this is uh, a milestone uh, for us and this podcast. And um, I just wanted to you know, thank you for having me on and, and being part of this. I'm very excited to you know, just share, share our thoughts and feelings on the, on the, on the collectible market. Excellent. Yeah. So uh, for the audience, Larry and I just bore our families to tears on Thanksgiving and barbecues because all we ever talk about in a corner is sports cards. So we figured we'd get some of that on tape and, um, you know, you can maybe possibly enjoy the conversation. So yeah, this is this is a way of almost scheduling our conversations (laughs) a bit more. So during those holidays, uh, we don't get the evil eye from some of our family members. Yeah, it's yeah. almost uh, permission to talk sports <laughs> cards once a week, so it's pretty awesome. It is going to be awesome. Good stuff. So, um, so LZ, I think uh, it'd be cool if you just gave an intro on, um, you know, maybe what you've been up to in the hobby and your experience, and then I'll kind of let the audience know where I'm at. And yeah, yeah, I think that's that's a great way to start this. Um, I've been collecting for a, a long time. Uh, you know, back back when I was a tween, or it probably started when I was probably seven or eight years old. Uh, probably a very similar story to many of our listeners. Um, I was very into the hobby, and then school came, family came. That kind of went away for a while, but uh, the pandemic, like many people, uh, brought me back into the hobby, and it's been great. It's, it's probably one of the few things that, that was actually good about pan, the pandemic because it, it forced me to dust off uh, a lot of these old cards and, and see what I had and um, catch up on what's going on in the market because there's so many new things happening in the collectibles market right now. And I think that's one of the reasons why we're putting this podcast together is to help people understand um, you know, what's going on and the terms and the acronyms and um, all of those things. But, uh, yeah, the past couple of years have been a, a, a wild ride. It, it's, 
it's great. I got to the point probably in my in my life where I kind of needed a new hobby, and and this came about, and I I dove in, dove in head first back into the game, and um, you know building a few sets, um, Facebook groups, and just meeting a lot of people, and, and I know we'll we'll get into that, we'll get into a lot of that later, but I mean that that to me, and I will touch on it later, but that to me has been probably the best thing over the past couple of years is meeting all of these new people in the hobby. It's been great. And I know that you're going to introduce many of those people to this audience. That's a little teaser, but I, I think that's the, uh, that's the plan. So, I mean, that's been, that's been my story, at least for the past, past, let's call it three, four years in the hobby space. What about you? What about you, Nick? Yeah. So it's similar to me. You know, I obviously collected during the wax era as a kid. Um, I had all kinds of cards that are worth nothing now. Um, but one memorable thing was I had a fifth grade teacher and um, his name is Mr. Sullivan. And he had an assignment for us where we needed to write a letter to each of our favorite sports players. And I was like, you can do that? Because I was 10 and, you know, it's not something you really think of. And he's like, yeah, they'll, they, may, they might write you back. So I sent a bunch of them out and um, I sent cards with them and got a bunch of cards signed. And it was super fun. I think I did it again in the mid nineties. I got like Carl Malone and Allen Iverson and a couple other people. And um, it was, it was really cool. Um, and then really went dormant, like, mm-hmm. you know, college, family, all that good stuff. And the pandemic sort of kickstarted it for me too. You know, I just started, um, I had season tickets to the Celtics for a while and I started just buying like players I liked, like, you know, Jason Tatum's rookie cards and Jalen Brown's rookie cards. Nothing crazy. Certainly not what I'm doing now. Um, and then the pandemic hit and I was like, all right, this is kind of interesting. I'm super bored. What can I do? Um, and uh, like you said, I, I really dove in. And it's interesting, you know, I think what I can offer the audience here is I've basically gone from zero, I would say in 2021. Oh, your wax wasn't worth anything. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Come on. (laughs) And we should get into that too. Why, why isn't wax worth anything? But yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So I went from zero in 2021 to close to a seven figure collection now. Um, Bravo. Yeah. And I, Mm -hmm. I haven't spent seven figures, I assure you. And I think I can kind of help the audience understand the path that I took to get there, Mm -hmm. which is pretty cool. Mm -hmm. Um, And it started with a pretty crazy event with a fake Jordan, Mm -hmm. which is a fun yeah well you know as that as the value of that collection grows you're going to have to look up that old uh that old teacher and <laughs> maybe send him or her a uh, a thank you note because um yeah those autographs are certainly helping the value of many of your cards as as are mine um and we'll probably spend episodes just talking about autographs but a similar experience too with with the Celtics games. I mean, you were season ticket holder, so you definitely brought me to some of them and showed me how, how, how that worked. And, um, again, it comes down to experiences and, um, you know, it's not just about the card itself or the value of the card, but it's about the experience. It's about the hunt of, um, finding that card or chasing down that celebrity or athlete and and getting that autograph. And, you know, the rush that you get, the, the, the adrenaline high you get when you're, you're right up close with, with one of them and, you know, they're, they're I get that through the, through the mail too. Come yeah. on. <laughs> it's true. Mail day is an exciting day. For sure. It, it definitely is. Yeah. So, um, LZ, why on earth 
would anyone want to listen to us and uh, this podcast? What do you think? What do you think oh, we can offer the audience? I, I think there's many things that we can offer the audience. Um, you know, there, there's different, there's diff- we're going to have different kind of types of audience members. We're going to have, we're going to have the novice that are just starting out. And for them, like we were there three years ago. We were there for three years ago, and yeah, we started you know back in the day, but we took a big break. So, um, you know how to get going in this in this market, this collectibles market again, and, and understanding terms and acronyms, and um, I think it will help them to not feel intimidated when they start jumping into collecting. So that there's there's that part of it. Um, we're gonna get. I don't know if you want to call it like the weekend warrior type people that, you know, every weekend they're doing this and they're going to card shows. And, you know, my hope is that we can bring to them um, maybe some insight on some players or some types of cards that maybe they should be going after. Maybe some up and coming rookies that maybe they're not thinking about that might be good to chase. And then, you know, on the high end, the experts, because we've met a lot of people, you've met a lot of people, Nick, that you're going to have on this show, you know, I think for, for them, it's going to be the guests. Mm, We're going to bring experts from all different parts of this market on here. We're going to bring, you know, the novice collector. We're going to bring hobby shop owners, breakers, um, and, and all some of these terms, you know, for, for new folks, um, might, might be uh, a tough and, and even breaker, right? Maybe they don't know what that means. We'll explain that. But um, yeah, I just think it, we're going to make it for everybody. I think everybody is going to be able to get something out of this type of show. And it's going to be very approachable. I think you and I talked about this, like planned for it. And we want to make sure that it's approachable to everybody. No one feels intimidated or, um, you know, just we want to make sure their confidence is high and, and they feel comfortable listening to us. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm super excited about the guests. I've probably gotten ahead of myself because I'm so passionate about this, but I, I think I've got 20 guests lined up, or at least they've sort of said yes to me. So we'll see how that goes. And it's from all parts of the industry. Um, everything from X, you know, PSA graders to veteran collectors to um, just uh, sort of, you know, pseudo celebrities in the hobby. So that's fun. And I think, you know, it's great from your angle, but you know, what I w- want to offer, I think I can help the veteran collectors a lot too. I mean, I've done some crazy stuff in the last two years. Um, one example is uh, in four months, just putting together the entire 1986 Fleer autograph set, um, which is probably a record. I don't know. And, There's nothing and official. And that includes Jordans, That right? includes the Jordans. So that includes Michael Jordan rookies. And he, he's Correct. got two of them in that set. Correct, yeah. He's got the sticker and the base. Um, mm-hmm. Very tough cards. It's about 130 cards in the set. And then I even went a step further and got every living referee from that season to sign a checklist, which is nuts. It's amazing. So yeah. we can Very help, cool. you know, like, like Larry mm-hmm. was saying, we will have guests. It'll be entertaining. We can help with some of the basics, but I can probably help some veterans, you know, find these players or even mm-hmm. just like if they want to begin on, on how to pick a set or something like that. Mm-hmm. I think it'll be pretty cool. And, and um, you know, we'll cover stuff like that all the time. So what you had mentioned that you already have... 20 people signed up, like mm-hmm. 20 kind of experts out in the field signed sure. up. I'm curious. All right. So you've been back in this space for probably like four years. Like, how are you, how are you meeting these people? How did you already nail down 20 people? Yeah, it's, um, it's fascinating. I started 
just with Google, like probably anybody would, right? Mm -hmm. And I found three or four card forums that look like they haven't been updated since like 1996. And on those forums are, you know, lots of people talking about mm -hmm. these sets and these cards and their email addresses. So I'm like, all right, well, I'm going to hit them up. And then they, it's almost like a rabbit hole. They've led me down to Facebook groups. I mean, some of these groups have 100,000 plus uh, mm -hmm. collectors in them, and they're very passionate. So you can go on and say, what's up with this set? What's up with this card? It, what is this valued at? And um, you'll get an answer in mm -hmm. minutes. And there's, um, you know, there's obviously some of the other usual suspects like Reddit and things like that. But, um, you know, Instagram's great as well. You know, it's been super helpful to connect mm -hmm. with people for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think it's, it's all about educating yourself. And I think those are all great tools that you mentioned. Like, it's great. You, th it's a fantastic tool to meet people. But it's also a great way of starting to educate yourself in the collectible space. If you start following collectors, like, they're going to post 10 times a day. Mm. And it's going to be this card or that card or this break or... Um, this is how I found this, or this is how I did that. And I mean, we all use social media now, so I think it's just a great tool to just have that in the background, have those feeds coming in on a daily basis. Eventually it sinks in. It just sinks in. Um, around the Facebook the Facebook thing. So you actually got me onto getting onto these Facebook groups mm -hmm. a couple of years ago. Yeah, you went dark for a while. I, I and did. I said, you, there is no choice. You will not be I know, successful. I know. I, I, I did. I moved, I moved away from a few of the social media platforms for a while. But um, I'm so happy that I did. Uh, because these groups, again, you meet, you meet the people, you educate yourself, and you actually find a lot of these, you know, if you're, if you're, trying to locate those last two cards of a set, get into a Facebook group. It's get impossible in. without it. Yeah. Impossible. It is. It is. And at least so far, and I mean, I've, I've been in it for a while now. So far, my experience is everyone is just, is just helpful. Like the groups that we're in are just, um, you know, it's a great community to be in. There's no cutthroat people, at least, at least I experience. I mean, I'm sure there are some bad eggs, but for, um, yeah, it's just, uh, it's a great spot. So, I mean, kudos to you for, already nailing down 20 people for this show. It's great. So we have our next 20 weeks lined up. So yeah. we're good. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. Um, so now that you're, you're newly back into this, I was mm -hmm. kind of curious, um, what's been your like craziest story so far um, in the hobby the last couple of years or like your wildest story or maybe your just most interesting card purchase or card deal or something like that? Mm -hmm. you know, what's um, that you can talk about, I guess. Yeah, there's, there's two that, Two that come to mind right away. So I am also working on the 1986 set, autograph set. And um, I've been doing a lot of my purchases like directly through Facebook. And you're putting a lot of trust in people. <laughs> you don't know them. You only have a picture of them. You do a little back and forth texting with them. And I mean, these autograph cards, they're, they're worth, they're, they're worth a, a decent amount of money. And, and you're putting a lot of trust so there have been a couple deals, Nick, where I've definitely been nervous, right? But <laughs> it, it's about going back to that community because one of the big things, it's called vouching, right? So when, you, when you're gonna about to do a deal with somebody, um, you know, you just, you ask the group, hey, can you vouch for so-and-so? And at least that brings a little bit of comfort level. But there have certainly been a few occasions where, you know, I go and pay, pay the person, and I'm just fingers crossed. So that's, 
that's been a bit of a wild ride, a little bit of an adrenaline rush, too, doing that. Um, oh, for sure. But the coolest, the coolest card for me, and you, you, you might even, you probably even know my answer, it's, I, I'm a huge, huge Larry Bird fan and a Magic Johnson fan. Like, growing up, yeah, I guess I hated Magic Johnson in a way, but I also <laughs> respected him because I'm a Boston Celtics fan for the audience. And um, I've always wanted the 1980 Tops, Larry Bird, Magic, Dr. J card. And now that I've dove so, so deep. So for the audience, this card has all three guys on it, right? Correct. Yeah. And it's, and it's an interesting card because it's not just one card. It's actually three cards yeah. that are together. You can rip them. You can rip them, but this card's from 1980. And it's not ripped, right? <laughs> and it's not ripped. So, I mean, how many of these cards are actually not ripped? I mean, many people ripped them and just taped them right to their wall, right? <laughs> um, so that, that was very interesting, chasing the autographs of those, right? It started with Dr. J at, at a... Um, at a show that I went to, I was just lucky enough that he was there one day. And yeah, that's for the audience. This was uh, 15 minutes from our house, and we decided an hour beforehand <laughs> yeah. that we wanted to start this. Yeah. So yeah, it's uh, you're being humble there. We actually, no. in one hour, managed to drive there, find a 1980 card, crack it open, find two because you had one, find, I had one, find two, crack <laughs> it open, meet Dr. J, get him to sign it, yeah. and get out. Yeah, and Nick forgot to also mention that in his backpack, he carried this heavy duty like tile cutter sure that we used and we'll get into this at some point too i'm sure why did he have a tile cutter but to crack crack those uh those slabs um and it's been great and that card i've now finished i finished a couple weeks ago because larry bird just did a big signing he was like the last one i needed and it it just like meant a lot to me because Mm -hmm. i've wanted that card for so long and not only did i get the card but each one of those players interacted with my card. Each one of them touched my card. Yeah, it's amazing. So that 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 right now, uh, that those are the, those are the two that stand out. What about what about for you? Yeah, I mean that that card. That's one of the few cards that's probably worthy for my my home office desk. Mm. I think that's one that's going to be on display when it gets back eventually. Mm. Um, yeah, it's funny. Before I kind of mention my wildest story, you brought up something I see in the chat boards all the time. It's almost like. Uh, card safety. <laughs> um, so, you know, we're obviously making major purchases um, on trust, which is pretty wild. Um, and so there are some safeguards you can take for that. Um, some of the basic ones, you're in a big group, you get vouchers for them. From that group, you find five or six other people who have done business with this person. That's not like family. <laughs> and then yeah. they can actually vouch for them and say, yeah, he's a good guy. That's step one. Um, you can always make sure they possess the card by asking them, they call it coining. And all coining means is they take a picture of the card, they have today's date and their name on it Mm -hmm. in an unphotoshoppable way. And that means that they possess that card today. So at least you Mm -hmm. know they have it, you've got some vouchers. And, um, you know, there are ways you can send with some security like PayPal goods and services, you can get your money back, you can file a dispute. Um, I very rarely send, you know, friends and family or cash or anything like that, just because even with, um, with vouchers, something can go wrong. So, um, I mean, we'll get into that in in future episodes, but it's pretty, you got to do some basic things like that. I I need you to tell the audience because it is very cool. So Nick doesn't just do like a boring index card (laughs) for his coin (laughs) with his name and, and, and the date on it. 
He's got a really cool, and I'm kind of jealous, but he's got like a really interesting actual coin. What what, what are uh, you using to coin your cards? Now I wish I had it with me, but on the next one we do, <laughs> yeah. um, I'll make sure I have it. So I'm a huge John Wick fan. Um, love all the movies. It's just great popcorn movie, you know, fun. And um, they have a, a gold coin that gets you into the hotel there. Mm-hmm. And so for one year, um, Apmex was... Um, running these it's one ounce of gold and it's literally the exact replica of the john wick coin and i thought what perfect thing to have it's way cooler than a post-it note with my name and date on it Mm. so nobody else has got it no and i just post that with the card and they know it's mine (laughs) i i I need to somehow top you but that's going to be a hard one that's going to be a hard one. So let's get to your, um, what, yeah. what, what's your wild stories? This, the wildest story, it's, it's also a little bit of motivation for everyone out there. Um, I basically was scammed uh, in early 2022. So when I started the 86 FLIR set, um, actually before I started the 86 FLIR set, I was um, getting a bunch of cards, 1969 tops signed by Kareem Abdul-Jabbar which you can do, you can send to his foundation, pay him a fee, he signs the card, it's fantastic. Um, and I was kind of you know, cracking open nice cards, having him sign them, and um, selling the ones that I didn't want, and mm-hmm. then keeping the one that, um, that I liked. So I uh, ran into somebody who wanted that card, and he was willing to do a trade. And the trade worked out. Um, he was trading a PSA 7 uh, Michael Jordan rookie card from nice. 1986. Mm. Um, and I was trading that and the trade went down fine until I got the card and I submitted to PSA for a new label because it was the old label. Mm-hmm. And then I got a call from the head grader saying, wah, wah, wah. Oh. <laughs> they said, oh, no. this is not a real Michael Jordan card. It's mm-hmm. a reprint. The case is all wrong, mm-hmm. yada, yada, yada. So I was burned because that's a pretty valuable card. And, um, you know, I, I was pretty bummed out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's exactly how I felt. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I'm an entrepreneur. I've been beat up plenty of times. And mm-hmm. um, you got to kind of get back up. And I love this stuff. So I talked to the guy. And to be fair, you know, he was given that card. He did not know it, was, know. it was fake. Yeah. And he wanted to do right by me. And he said, you know, that's my buddy. I'll deal with that. Will you accept an entire raw set of 1986 Fleer without the Jordan as compensation just because this went awry, you know, and it, it obviously, th- will that work for both of us? I'm like, yep, deal. Mm. And then I got these cards and I was like, well, these are cool. I had these when I was like seven, they're long gone or I don't know, maybe they're in the, my parents' attic, but I, uh, I was like, what am I going to do with these things? Um, I'm not just going to sit here and stare at them. So I took the cream out and I'm like, well, I've been getting green stuff yeah, signed. Been doing well with him. I know how mm-hmm. to do that. So mm-hmm. I sent that in, got that signed with his full signature and beautiful card and then i thought like well okay during covid um you and i got into this a little i was mailing players cards for fun just active players like i'd mm-hmm. mail to the teams and i'm like well can you mail to like retired players yeah. little did i know that there are lists out there websites out there for i mean we're talking like eight dollars a month type of fee you know a couple cups of coffee to be on and you can get the player's address information you can get feedback and photos of other people who have mailed and you can actually see, okay, well, this guy literally a week ago returned somebody's mail. They're probably going to return mine unless I say something wrong in the mm-hmm. letter. And, and you do, and I sent them off. So I, I started sending like, I don't know, I think like 40 out of the 130. I sent them out to, um, 
you know, the retired players, then I mean, it's basically free. They sign for free. Some of them have fees and donations and stuff mm. like that. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, well, all right, I've got a third of the set. Like, let's roll. Like, I'm not just going to, you know, um, do this thing partially. So um, that's when I went hard on the Facebook groups and Instagram and just every, I mean, I could shout out like 17 people <laughs> who have helped me yeah. on this. I could not have done it without them. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, uh, I, I finished it off July. So that scam, I guess, if you will, was uh, January or February of 22. And then July 22, I bought the, um, the rookie Jordan 1986 Fleer autograph card off of Golden. Um, and I was done. So that was July. it. That was the last that card. Was it. So, yeah, four yeah. or five months. It was crazy. So that, that's my wildest ride, just like a total oh. down in the dumps type thing. And then I just turned it around. Lem- and lemons into lemonade right there. Yeah. what that was. Yeah, without that happening, I don't think I'd have the set. I don't no. even know if I would be progressing into the other sets I'm mm-hmm. working on. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, so you mentioned you've been go doing a lot through the mail. What What is the, the term that they use when you're sending things through the mail? Because some of our audience probably hears this from time to time. Yeah, yeah. So this isn't... Uh, it, it's we're, we'll probably have an entire show about acronyms, yeah. but <laughs> it's called TTM, okay. right? That's the short, yeah. but it's literally stands for through the mail. And all that is, is you have an envelope with a stamp addressed to the player. You have a note, you know, saying some nice things, asking for an autograph. It's sort of a letter of request. You have the card. Sometimes if you want a certain color, you can include the Sharpie. And you step it up from an envelope to a manila envelope for, Mm -hmm. you know, a few bucks or Mm -hmm. whatever. Um, But essentially the idea is you mail a card to a player, you ask them to sign it for you. And in that card, you include a self-addressed stamp envelope back to you. That's awesome. Um, And uh, it makes, Mm -hmm. like you were saying, like um, you get an adrenaline rush when you're at a Celtics game and you, you meet somebody. But... You know, when you go out to the mailbox every day, I know I'm 43 and it doesn't take much to get me excited <laughs> anymore, but it's fun to, uh, to head out and check the mail every day and see these cards. So um, I highly recommend it just for a yeah. hobby. You can go way beyond sports cards. I just got um, a really beautiful Pixar card back from Tim Allen. Mm-hmm. Um, it was totally free. Mm-hmm. Uh, has pieces of the, the Toy Story movie in the card. He signed it um, and it, it came out great. So Yeah, yeah. a, a lot of celebrities do that uh, just random ones too like kelly clarkson i found she has a rookie card an upper deck american <laughs> idol rookie card and i found out that she signed so you know it's just an example of these random ones and it's it, is it going to ever be worth anything i don't know but it's a it's a cool story um but you're, you're right we should definitely we, we need to do probably at least one show on ttm yeah um it's guys, a dying art but it still works yeah and it, we'll get into it in that, that show. So I just want to tease this out, but you and I are on the same page that you can really increase the value of your cards just by getting, like get an autograph on there. Like even some of this, like these junk cards that you have that maybe you're like, I can only get like $3 on eBay for, Hey, it might be worth it to see if that player signs. And all of a sudden that $3 card is worth 150 bucks right. or more. <clears throat> so yeah, I don't want to steal our thunder for a, for a later show, but we have to do a couple shows around TTM. Yeah, it's it's almost like good for the environment too, right? Like you rip packs, and what happens to those base cards? Mm-hmm. Right, they're probably going in the trash. Well, yeah. I did that with NASCAR with my son. We we um, we opened a bunch of NASCAR packs. I didn't know what to do with them, 
I probably sent 25 of them out to NASCAR mm-hmm. drivers because my son's eight. He thinks that's awesome. The drivers are great. They are great. They, yeah. sign, they sign pictures of, the, of their cars. They, they, they're awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was super fun. And, yeah. I mean, not that I'm going to, like, sell these per se, but, you know, the value increase is there. Plus, like, it, it's fun, you yeah. know? It is. Cool. It is. So the other thing I wanted to ask you, so you, you've dove in. I mean, these are our kind of, like, crazy stories or whatever, but... Mm-hmm. What has been like the most surprising thing about the hobby for you right now? Like what's been the biggest surprise or like the craziest thing you've noticed or even like something controversial, you know? Mm. Um, well, getting back into the hobby a couple of years ago, um, you know, I, I realized how much Panini kind of owns the market. It's, it's Panini and Tops, right? And, and it just all the all the different parallels um, that Panini and Tops have. And it, it, it was overwhelming. It was definitely overwhelming um, kind of keeping up with all those. And, well, which one's worth it? Like, this one looks shiny. Is this one, is this one <laughs> worth something? Like, how many of these cards were made? Um, so that was, that was a bit kind of shocking when I, when I got back into it. Um, but some of the things, like, I'm watching for right now, very interested in Fanatics. I mean, Fanatics is going to be a massive player in the space very, very soon. They've, it's already started. Like, there's a big conference called the National going on this week. And Fanatics, I'm sure, I wish we were there. But Fanatics, I'm sure, is, is all over that place. So I, I definitely kind of want to see, because that, that to me was a bit shocking. Like, here's this apparel brand mm. who, like, crushes it with NBA gear and MLB and all these sports gear they jumped in and they bought out the rights to like all these all these different leagues from Panini, like right right underneath right underneath them. And Panini was the big dog. Yeah, for almost a decade. Huge. Been, yeah. Yeah, I mean that company. They, Panini's been around for a while too. So that that's been a bit that's that that's a bit shocking when I first heard that. And it's kind of one of the things that I definitely want to pay attention to. And I'm sure we'll do a couple shows um, as more and more announcements come out there. Mm. One of the, I would say, surprising things actually goes to the TTM thing a bit. I've actually been pleasantly surprised with some of the connections I've actually made with the players, like with some of them. Like you send them a note and they actually write back to you. Mm. I've had some players where it wasn't a note, it was an email. And we go back and forth. I have this one, you know, this one player, um, and, and we'll, we'll get to it at some point when the time's right. But, um, you know, me, me and him, like, to this day, like, once a week, like, go back and forth on email together. Like, how's the family? Hey, if you're going to be in Boston soon, like, let's catch a Celtics game. Yeah. And, like, totally surprised. Like, that, that to me. I mean, me, they're, they're human beings, right? They're, it's, it's like you forget. Yeah, they're, they're human <laughs> beings, and it's like, wow, like, you know, just a, a pen and a paper and an email. And, you know, these guys are um, – you know, not all of them are busy, and, and they want to make connections too. So that's been kind of a, a we'll call it a pleasant, pleasant surprise for me mm. uh, recently. So yeah. what about you? What are you tracking? What what's the shocking, surprising things that you're you're thinking about? Yeah, you know, um, you mentioned fanatics. I want to talk about that a little bit later because mm. I think they're going to do hopefully some incredible stuff to kind of you know, rise the tide for everybody. Um, I'm actually excited about what they're going to do for the hobby. It's it's pretty, every day I feel like they're, they're into something interesting and their Mm -hmm. CEO is just 
just amazing. Um, I think he's doing a great job. So what was surprising for me is similar path to you, right? Like, you know, I, I get into these cards and there's like, I feel like there's 117 different parallels. There's like zebra stripes and like purple polka dots. And I'm like, what is going on? Like when I was a kid, I'd open the pack and that was the set. That's that was it. it. I mean, yes, there were some like inserts, like there's to be some like artist drawings or something. And then in the nineties, obviously they did a little bit of that, but nothing like this. I can't even estimate how many of these things are being printed. And, you know, I had no idea, you know, my, my eight year old son's opening up, opening this up and it, it's like a goldfish. He's like, this one's shiny. It, it, we should, this is what gotta be worth a lot of money. It's so shiny, mm -hmm. you know, <laughs> I don't know, man, let's check it out. Let's go on eBay and see what it's selling for. Mm -hmm. Probably five cents, but that's yeah. okay. Um, so that, that was interesting to me and it's kind of, you know, I don't want to poo poo the whole thing because it's cool to, to get kids into the hobby any which way, whether that's opening a, a modern pack and, and enjoying that parallel or opening it almost like a lottery ticket and doing what they call a break, um, which we'll talk about some other time. But I mean, that, that's fine, you know, to do those things for me, that kind of drove me away from modern a bit where mm -hmm. as a, um, you know, I like to collect things and, you know, when you collect something, you want it to be a little rare. So, you know, vintage, um, they're not printing any more of them. And they, um, if they're signed, especially by a player that's deceased, now you're, you're talking some pretty low numbers. Like I have a Pete Maravich um, rookie card, 1970 tops. Uh, he's a Hall of Fame player. He died at the age of 40. Um, so his rookie card, there's only eight at PSA in existence. And I have one of them as of couple weeks ago which is amazing yeah nick it, the, the the point you're making too around how they're not printing them anymore not only are they not printing them anymore but a lot of these vintage cards that you're talking about like they were in bike spokes oh, yeah. back in the day yeah, so sure. you know they're not printed anymore but then also finding ones that are actually you know have some quality to them maybe you know the corners are are okay and there's not too many scratches i mean you're talking less and less the population gets smaller and smaller Right. Um, yeah, it's interesting. So the most shocking thing to me over the last two years is how much this entire industry, market, whatever you want to call this, the hobby, sports collecting, how much of it relies on grading and not just grading, but specifically PSA grading, mm. um, which is fascinating. So um, I think, you know, so uh, LZ and I were talking, we uh, wanted to dedicate like I don't know, five, six minutes of uh, this first episode to a little, we're going to call it Madness University. And um, this is going to be a chance to cover one. <laughs> Love it. So for Madness University, we're going to cover one specific topic that a mm. new collector might not know much about. Mm. And um, for you veteran collectors, you, you know, you probably already know what I'm going to talk about, but I think this will help some people that are getting into the hobby again. So Larry, I think you wanted to serve it up for I this did. one. So what, I, are we, I, what are we going to cover I, today? I did. Um, so I, I'm really excited about this, this segment. And these first couple of shows, we're going to start with what we think the audience wants to hear, especially that maybe that, uh, that novice audience member. Um, so, and then over time, I think we'll probably take requests on. But the first one that we dreamed up today is, and we've probably already said it in this episode, three or four times already, but you hear the term raw and you hear the term slabbed for cards. Mm -hmm. 
help the audience understand like wh- what are we talking about here all right there's um there's two states a card can be in <laughs> actually three states sorry still in the pack mm-hmm. um that's you know as soon as you open that pack and open it up that is a raw card i don't know why they call it raw <laughs> but nothing <laughs> has happened to it so that might be the reason mm-hmm. um so there's in the pack now you have a raw card and then a graded card this is interesting, and I think it's helped the hobby move forward quite a bit. A graded card means that it has gone to a third-party authenticator, of which there are many. Mm-hmm. Um, PSA is the largest, followed by Beckett and SGC, and there are um, some others that are doing, doing well. Um, so it's gone to a third-party authenticator for what could be a couple reasons. Reason number one, you think that card is mint condition. Mm-hmm. And you want somebody to agree that it's in mint condition. And so you'll send it to them very carefully. And then that <laughs> third-party authenticator will handle it very carefully. There's an art to even delivery. Oh, yeah. yes. Yeah, yes, there is. <laughs> That's for sure. Yeah. So they, mm-hmm. they will, for a fee, depending on the, um, the value of the card, they will slab it. Now, what that means basically is sealing it in plastic but it's sonically sealed and a hard plastic that really cannot be tampered with unless, unless you have a backpack, <laughs> unless you have a backpack with tile cutters with, with and a tile chisel. cutters. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so you, you can crack them open to get signed, but yeah. um, so the raw card can go to an authenticator. Um, so one reason you might do that is to get um, a high grade. So PSA 10 would be the highest grade. That's like the mint, mint, mint condition. Um, Beckett does a pristine which is even higher than that. There are very Mm. few of those. Um, But there's other reasons you can send it to an authenticator. Let's say you opened a pack of cards, you got a uh, LeBron James card, and somehow you magically got him to sign that, right? That exchange was just between you and him. There might not be a video of that happening. Um, There's just just no proof. So you have this card signed by him, but, you know, somebody might want to touch it because it's LeBron, but probably not. So you would send it to one of these authenticators and they would not only grade the card if you wanted, you don't have to, they would also say, yes, this autograph is real. And you would then get it slabbed and it would say, basically, autograph by LeBron James, you know, you, uh, 2003 Topps Chrome, mm-hmm. something like that. Um, and so that, that's kind of what a raw card and a slabbed card are. And that's just terms we use in the industry. So raw is sort of the naked card and slabbed is anything that's been sent to any third party authenticator mm-hmm. that's been sealed in plastic. Mm. So for the audience members that are just getting into this, how can we help them determine what cards maybe they should send in right. is kind of the first part of the question. And there's obviously a cost to this. There's a shipping cost, yep. but then there's fees included as well. So also, if you could get into like, what are we talking? How much money are we talking to get these things slabbed? Yeah, so this, this depends. I mean, it goes back to the first question, you know, why do we grade cards in general? If you could picture a time before there were third-party authenticators, mm-hmm. if you have some good card stock and a nice printer, you can probably fake some people out with these things. So it, before PSA even existed, there was a lot of fraud in the industry that just by PSA existing, they've helped eliminate, which I think is wonderful. Um, it's not wonderful when you send in a card and it ends up being fake, but um, it's, it's an important service that's there. Now, I think 
you know, when determining what to grade, you have to consider a few things, right? Um, what is the future of this card going to be? Am I going to sell it tomorrow, next month, in five years, or never? There's an answer to each one of those questions. If the answer is never, then it's a very personal thing. Do you think the slab looks nice? Do you want it protected in mm -hmm. case one of your kids, you know, bangs into it or something mm -hmm. like that? And they all look different, too. And, and they yeah. all have variations, every company, yep. too. So some yeah. are better than others. They have different labels. Um, they have all sorts of, um, yeah, different designs, mm. depending on the card grade and everything like that. So, you know, you have to um, consider that. I think you could just do it for, for personal look and feel and protection. Um, now, you also want to make sure if you're going to get it graded, that the value of the card, once you get it graded, is more than what you're going to pay in grading fees. I've gotten burned many times <laughs> with that. So if you're sending in mm -hmm. a $5 card to, um, to PSA and you're going to spend $50 to grade it, it's just silly, you know, unless you're really obsessed with that card and want it to look good or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, but, uh, you know, I think... you. You have to be careful there. There are some that are obvious, right? If you've got a $5,000 card signed by Dr. J, Larry Bird, and, and Magic, you've got to send that in. You've got to get it slabbed for long-term value. Um, so and for the protection of it, too. I mean, we're oh, talking, yeah. like you mentioned, like these, these things are sealed up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> these are better than yeah. the, uh, the top loaders that, that we've used in the past. For sure. So yeah. you, you definitely want to, um, to be careful there mm -hmm. um, and get things like that that slab. So it's, it's really a choice. If you're going to sell it, you probably have to slab it. Mm -hmm. If it's for your personal collection, uh, otherwise known as PC, um, you don't need to, but it's good for protection. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, maybe, you know, you pass away someday and your kids do want to sell it and they're glad you did, you know? Um, so it's really a personal choice. It's almost the card by card basis and it's a situation by situation basis. Sure. And there, there's fees involved. So it's scaled up. Um, you can get a bulk order, you know, through PSA for 15 bucks a card, depending on the year that they're, they're great, you know, the, the card was created or whatever, all the way up to a $50,000 Michael Jordan rookie card that's going to set you back $3,000 because they're going to have a greater look at it for hours. Wow. <laughs> so there's, there's a huge mm -hmm. range. And all of this information is on PSA's website. You can mm -hmm. look it up pretty easily. Yeah, you used the Michael Jordan analogy as well. I mean, I don't know, but I, I, I would, unless maybe, maybe you can educate me a bit here. What I've seen, I think Jordan is the most counterfeit card out there. Unbelievable. Like, by, by like a mile. A mile. Yeah. A mile. So, it, it, yes, if you come in the possession of a Jordan card, yeah, absolutely yeah, recommend and it's sending good, that in. It's good to know these terms, too, because you, you may want to buy a Michael Jordan card, and you're on Craigslist, and somebody's got it, and if that's not slabbed, mm -hmm. and it's raw... There's obviously huge risk there. I've done this. I've gotten it's worked out wonderfully, and I've gotten burned. Yep. Um, I've also become a bit of an expert on some cards, mm -hmm. like the Michael Jordan rookie. Um, you couldn't imagine. There's there's about seven or eight things you can look for on it um, that really can't be faked. That the novice you know can't can't photocopy. But um, that would be a good show. Yeah, believe me. So <laughs> you you um, you know it's mm -hmm. knowing these terms is important when buying cards too. Mm -hmm. I think. Yeah. So. Um, so you've mentioned PSA a lot. Yep. I, I think the market understands that, that PSA is, at least today, the, the top dog in this space. 
Can you talk about why they're the top dog, um, how they got there, just a little bit of history on that particular company? Yeah, I mean, just briefly, um, the long story short is PSA was the first, right? So there was no grading until PSA arrived. Mm -hmm. They were the first ones to come up with this slab idea where you've got a you've got a state of a card permanently sealed in time, unless you have tile cutters. And then um, they, they came up with card grades. You know, if it's near mint, that's a nine. If it's ripped in half or close to ripped in half, that's poor. That's a one. And they have standards that are actually published. And it's it's pretty cool to follow. Um, they lead the market because they're, they were first. They are considered the premium product, very much similar to Mercedes or Apple or something like that. They cost the most. They're, um, you know, to some, they're frustrating um, just because they just collect that money, it seems like. But to me, they've sort of earned it over the year. They've mm-hmm. pioneered this industry, and they deserve it. It's... Yeah. Um, I know we were joking in the car ride over. It's uh, especially for the, the guy listeners. Um, you know, it's like De Beers. They they kind of uh, were they pioneered diamonds and they control the supply and demand. And even if you don't want to buy a diamond ring, you meet a girl when you're 24, 25, and she says, "I want a diamond ring." You say, "Okay," that's it, <laughs> and you do it. Sign me up. So it's yep. the same thing with PSA. If mm-hmm. you want your Jordan to be worth fifty thousand dollars in a slab and not zero raw. Okay, sounds good, PSA. Here's my $3,000. It's um, one of the easiest pieces of advice that we give in some of these Facebook groups that we're in, right? Because once in a while, we will get some random person, like a new person to the group who comes in and posts like, hey, I found this Jordan in my, in my attic. I'm thinking about selling it. What can I get for it? And you'll get like 15 automatic responses saying, before you sell it, get it slapped. Because once you do, to your point, like... Increase the value. Oh, you know, it could be 50 grand. It could be 100 grand if it's, if it's a, a 10, which is... And you also you know, get PSA's the Sharks. So if there's any um, audience member that has expensive cards, the Sharks will come out and say, oh, I'll buy that oh, off yeah. you for... I don't know if it looks good, but, you know, how's 300 bucks sound? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, if you have valuable cards, always best to uh, consult people. I mean, you can even hit me and LZ up. Um, I'm happy to tell you what to do with your card, what it's worth, whether it's worth sending in or not. Um, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Good. Well, I think that's probably good. Good coverage. We might again teasing out other episodes. You know, whether we want to cover some of the other, the other grading companies because you know some of the other ones are starting to make waves too now yeah. as well. So yeah, of course, and yeah, they all have different dynamics to them. Some actually have descriptions on why they graded a certain way, like mm-hmm. tag um, tag grading and. And Beckett has subgrades. We'll tell you the corners with this and the centering was that. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Cool. Yeah. All right. All right. Wow. We're almost at um, time is flying by. So I did, uh, I want to close out every show. And uh, for this show, me and Larry will do ours. But every mm-hmm. guest that I will ever have on, I'm going to ask them um, if there's any sports figure, dead or alive, that you could magically get a coffee with for, let's say, an hour or two, something like that. Who would it be and why? I'll let you go first, LZ. Oh, all right. Big Celtics fan. I, I, th- I think for me, it, w- it would be someone who's deceased. It wouldn't actually be a, a, um, a player. It would be Red Arback. I mean, that it, for those that, that have studied or, or heard about him, or he, was, he was the coach of the Celtics back in the day. He was the GM. He had many, many different roles. For, for that team. But he had such a huge personality. Mm. And I think 
what, he won how many championships? Like, <laughs> can't even count. Many, At many, least 11. Many championships. And, I mean, oh, boy, the stories that he probably has. He'd probably be a fun cup of coffee. He, he definitely would with, with Russell and Kuzi, Havlicek. I mean, he was part of bringing those guys in. He was part of bringing Bird. And the shenanigans of bringing in Bird, too, with, you know, that, the way that deal went down and the, the trade to get McHale and Parrish in there. I just think, um, you know, big personality. Again, I'm a oh, big Celtics go. fan. Our producer's so. helping us here. So oh, we got, he's got oh. 16 NBA titles for Red Auerbach. Thank you. 16? <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, I was going off of Russell. We always talk about Russell's 11, but I'm like, oh, I bet you there's probably more than yeah, that. Yeah, he was around before and after. Yeah, so, I mean, if you gave me another half an hour to think about that one, I probably would have, um, you know, maybe had somebody else. But that one, certainly, I mean, the stamp that he put on basketball in the NBA and city of Boston and all those players that he drafted in the 16 championships. That, that's a pretty solid one for yeah. me, Nick. Yeah. Good businessman too. Yeah. Um, so you get advice there. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. So for me, I thought about this for a while. I mean, there's obviously too many to count, but I, you know, I'm not the biggest baseball fan, but I think for me, it would actually be Babe Ruth because, you know, he was larger than life. Mm-hmm. He was part of the media back when there was just radio, newspaper, magazines, you know, and I just think he would have amazing, amazing stories. He'd probably want more than coffee. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I, I think it'd be really cool just to hear about, you know, what it was like pitching and hitting, you know. I mean, yeah, we've got Otani now, which is amazing. But uh, mm-hmm. before Otani, that just, just didn't exist right. after him. And he did it, and he did it well. And, um, you know, he just broke so many records. So, like, this is 100 years ago, you know. And it's... I'm a sucker for, you know, old eras and stuff. It'd be cool to hear about just what life was like as like a, a millionaire in the, you know, 20s. You know? Certainly. Where did you go on vacation? What, did, what are you up to? Like, you know, what schools are your kids in? Mm-hmm. And I don't know. It'd be pretty neat um, yeah. both from a sports perspective and a life perspective. So mm-hmm. definitely Babe Ruth. That's me. a good one. That's a solid one. Yeah. An icon. That's like Mount Rushmore type player right there. For sure. So, yeah. Wow. This is great. We, um, away from our families we were able to talk sports yes. cards for about an hour and enjoy <laughs> it so really cool i um you have anything else or yeah i mean i just want to say to the audience i mean i hope you got something out of today um we're, we're gonna try to do a really good job of getting this podcast out there whether it's youtube channel facebook you know all the different um you know podcast uh venues as well and we want to hear your feedback Again, I mean, the, the, the Madness University, especially we want to get that going and get <laughs> questions in here. Um, you know, I, I didn't mention it before, but I, I, am, I am very close to collecting the 1986 Flair set. So I know a lot of people are interested in that one. Uh, every time I get a new card, it goes on my, my Instagram yeah. and, and Facebook. So if people want to follow that journey and you can go back and you can see how long, how long the journey's been, um, I'm Autograph Stalker. Um, on, on Instagram. Perfect. Um, yeah. So that's a, a good one to follow. But yeah, this is great. Yeah. This is a momentous uh, podcast and I'm, I'm, I was happy to be here. So thanks. Great. Thanks, yeah. For the audience, I'm at uh, Boston Card Hunter on Instagram. And um, yeah, hopefully you enjoyed this. You know, being a new podcast, we can obviously use your help. You know, if you really did like this episode, you know, share it with your friends, um, leave us a review, a positive review. Um, and uh, yeah, we'll keep churning these out. Hopefully you liked it. Yes. That's the pod. Thanks, everybody.